Rethink Retail, the evolution of retail in today's connected world. Welcome to the Rethink Retail Show, your source for the most recent trends and innovations in commerce. Join host Paul Lewis, CMO at Valtech, a global digital agency focused on strategy and transformation in retail, as he explores the most recent trends and innovations in commerce. This episode of Rethink Retail, sponsored by Valtech, where experiences are engineered. Hi, today we're kicking off another episode of Rethink Retail with my guest, Dean Hanspiker. Dean is the Vice President of Design for Product and Store Development at custom menswear retailer Indochino. He's responsible for the overall vision, look, and feel of Indochino's product and retail business and brings over 25 years of experience in international apparel. Dean, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. You know, just to jump right in, Indochino has been around for over a decade now, and you've been with them for the past four years, both of which is kind of a lifetime in today's fast-growing startup world. Tell us a little bit about the company and what sets it apart. Absolutely. You know, and that's literally my favorite question, you know, what sets us apart, how we differ from the competition or even others in retail. And I guess, uh, you know, I would put it down to three things. We are, number one, truly omnichannel. As a digitally native company, we came at it in reverse, and as a result, our offer to clients is a, a seamless journey between channels. Our clients can place an order online and come into a showroom for their fitting or reorder online once the showroom team has perfected their fit. Now, our clients really don't differentiate, so, so we don't either. Many retailers are still struggling with that. Number two, things that were different, I would say, is that we're, we are experiential. Um, we're building showrooms versus stores that really are high touch and high service. We work with our clients one-on-one for the better part of an hour. Uh, we get to know them and what brought them in. It's, it's of a more personal experience than your typical you know, shopping in the mall retail store is today. And then last, we really are, do offer a great value. As a direct-to-consumer brand, we don't have that wholesale markup layer, typical of the category. We're able to, to offer a better price point for a better made garment. You know, kind of off the top, that's the, the three things that I, I tend to focus on when people ask me how we're different. And what I love about your, your explanation is that you guys really started online and innovated. And so you moved from doing online to, as I understand it, pop-ups. And now you have permanent showrooms that you're opening across North America. What are some of the strengths of each of those categories and, you know, maybe what are the key learnings and, and takeaways? For sure. For sure. Um, you know, early on, we learned that the physical stores were the most effective and efficient at new client acquisition, you know, growing the business, that our showrooms were going to be the place that grew the clients, the client count the fastest and the, the most economically. Uh, today, 80% of our new client orders come from showrooms. Uh, but that said, nearly 75% of them have already visited us online. Um, many have already ordered online by coming for their first fitting or style advice or vice versa. I've come to showroom and then are reordering. So there's that seamless play between. You know, we really were a pioneer in pop-ups, so to speak, um, with these traveling tailor installations back in seven years ago nearly. Uh, that morphed into temp showrooms of short-term leases, six, 12 months here and there. Uh, that gave us the confidence to sign longer-term deals starting four years ago. And really, if I, if I was to think, share anything, learning sort of pop-ups, um, they really are important for two reasons. Uh, one, it mitigated the risks and lowered our, our initial investment in the space. 
kind of while we got our bearings, learn the ideal flow, develop training, all these things that are expensive to learn if you've signed a long-term lease and are making mistakes. And second, it allowed us to gain credibility with landlords. When it was time to sign longer-term leases at better terms and the best shopping centers, you know, we were able to say that we'd proven the concept out, that we had demonstrable sales per square foot, high sales per square foot, that uh, we had a flow, that we had a following, that we could bring clients as an online realtor to their smallest centers. And, you know, as you talk about expanding and, and going into these retailers and to the, the centers, uh, right now, some people say the retail sky is falling a bit, uh, the, the physical retail sky. And, and we've seen that uh, with the announcements of uh, Dress Barn uh, closing their stores. In fact, uh, Course Site Research says that over 7,000 stores will close this year already compared to 6,000 in total uh, for last year. Um, but at the same time, you're thriving, you're expanding. What do you attribute your success to? Selection is, you know, we've experimented with the ideal number of options, the mix of fashion versus commercial. We really wanted to find out what was best to serve our clients without overwhelming them. And uh, while we're still tweaking and always making every effort to improve, we're in a good place now with 10 years of data behind us. We're curated, but we're not limited. And uh, we, we are seeing the feedback from the clients that we have what they're looking for. Uh, presentation also plays a huge role in our success in our category. You know, we show large fabric panels versus the books filled with tiny swatches that you'd find in the typical MTM shop or typical tailor. Uh, we show lots of mannequins to inspire and educate. And importantly, not all of our clients wear suits every day. So we've created an environment that accommodates guys that are new to suiting, that need to see the difference between a peak lapel and a notch, that want to, to be inspired again. So two of the most important things I feel that uh, are contributing to our success today. And it sounds like, from what you're saying, that the online, the offline, you know, sort of continuously or symbiotically feed each other. These people are coming in and having physical experiences and some people are learning about the nuances of, of suits and, and dress. Um, and then, but they're able to then take that experience and go online. And likewise, there's probably people who are starting their journey online and that's propelling them into a showroom. Absolutely. You know, this seamless journey back and forth, you know, the client doesn't respect that, that there are different businesses as they exist today in many retailers. Um, difference between even franchise and company-owned stores and all of these things. A brand is a brand and the client wants to, to be able to be serviced across all of the different access points to the product um, without interruption, without uh, any friction. Yeah, so talking about that and, and kind of uh, just discussing connected experiences. So I, I define connected experiences as the entire gamut of online to physical to back online or any starting point at any point, a bit of a Mobius strip of where, where consumers come in. But I would say that in years past, stores were about price, transactions, and inventory. And, and really, we see digital winning on, on those fronts. So stores in and of themselves need to evolve into something else. Um, what are some of the areas that you see next-gen stores needing to keep in mind as, as 
these uh, retailers and, and brands going direct to consumer are thinking about their physical spaces, what, what are some key areas you think that they should have as top of mind? Certainly one of the most overused words today is experiential, but, but for a good reason. You know, retailers need to create that, that welcoming environment that speaks to the brand, not just the sweater on the table, that inspires them, that entertains them, that, that provides a great service and all of these other things that we've let slip away with the rise of fast fashion and you know, stand in line at the cash and find your size on the table over there. You know, in my opinion, next generation stores also need to evolve to more of a, a showroom model with a greater assortment on display and if necessary, fulfillment direct to home uh, versus, you know, carrying that, that in physical inventory to sell in space. We know our clients in suburbia are just as fashionable as downtown, that our client in Florida travels to New York, and, and he wants that wool flannel suit too. Too many brands are driving their customers online by offering only a small portion of their assortment. And in these lower volume stores and their C stores or secondary markets, it, it's almost like their demise is self-fulfilling. If you're, you're not stocking it or showing it, you're giving the client less and less reason to come and visit you. And, you know, this has driven some of our decision making in that all of our brand, all of our showrooms have the same assortment, regardless of volume, uh, location, weather, et cetera. You know, we want to make sure that that guy has, uh, that our guy has the full assortment available to him. Do you find it liberating that because you started from an online position, and are, are now expanding and saying, so what should the physical experience be today? And, and how does the inventory work or approach work? Do you find it a little bit liberating where a lot of stores might feel boxed in by old models that they've built up, maybe only in their own minds, but certainly it may limit their approach? No, absolutely. And, and it needs to be shaken. You know, the box needs to be shaken. The, the client is just defaulting to online to get the, the best price or in most cases, but certainly the widest assortment. And, uh, and we have these great physical spaces to better display product than online is capable of doing. So why not use that to their maximum potential? Yeah, absolutely. You, you mentioned before that, you know, experiential is overused, but with good reason. And you know, I think in this new paradigm, the traditional metrics around retail environments are starting to not be as applicable. You know, things like revenue per square foot don't provide the same clarity for understanding if that physical location is accomplishing the mission and delivering success for the brand overall. Do you see, are there new goals? Have you coined any new, you know, key performance indicators of how you measure success for a physical environment? Uh, yes and no. Um, you know, we're still closely monitoring uh, the typical KPIs, AOV, UPT, CPA, the whole alphabet, really. Um, but when we look at, at sales and, and crediting sales to channel, um, we look at it in two ways, uh, both acquisition and through fulfillment, which channel uh, is fulfilling, which channel is acquiring that client so that we can first and foremost track our marketing spend because that's really very important for all digitally native companies. They came from a uh, place where every dollar was closely tracked for, for return. Uh, but also we want to make sure that uh, we're, we're properly attributing expenses and revenue against each showroom's P&L to ensure that, that each location is in fact still a contributor. So it's the yin and yang pull and push on that. And that was something that it took a minute for us to get to as well. We used to internally, you know, challenge each other. Oh no, the client 
bought online, but then came to the showroom. So it was really at the showroom sale and vice versa. And we wasted time and, and energy discussing this. And once we looked at the two views, it, it became fair for all parties. And uh, we were able to focus on more important things. You know, the, the advantage that online brands have in their physical expansion uh, is, is the data of where their customers are today. You know, the, the typical view of, of expansions, looking at a bunch of decks and presentations around demographics for the mall and what the average age and income and education level is. And you know, that's important to a degree, but more important is the, the location of our customers today online. If they're closer to this mall than that, then that's where we're probably going to choose. If they're more in this side of town versus that, that's the street we're going to choose so that we can be closer to where existing clients are. And, and we found when we've done that, of course, success has followed the word of mouth, the repeat business. We have a built-in fan base in that area already, in that city and in that area of the city already that will kick off the showroom and then build from there. The, the online channel usually sees a little bit of a, a downward spiral for the first six months in that, that market. But, but after six months, it, it grows again. And with the repeat business, it flourishes. You know, we see both succeeding with each other as opposed to without each other. Yeah, that's really an interesting point because I would say that, you know, choosing your physical location was entirely based upon, uh, you know, models of uh, real estate areas and, and things like that uh, in the past. And, and then you, you, you chose your location and built your customer base and, and you have this, you know, unique way of being able to do it uh, almost a little bit in reverse, right? You can look at where you already are trending well and use that data as uh, an indicator of where you might want to put a location in. So it's just interesting, Absolutely. you know, how you're able to, look at it from, again, a different perspective and then go build the physical experience, both all the way from the location to what happens when you walk into one of the stores. Absolutely. You know, and, and the data will tell us you know, how big of a bet to place. It will guide us in, in decisions from an investment in the quantity of space and also the cost of the space so that we're, we're right-sizing our bets, so to speak, when we go into new markets. Wow. Really fascinating. Well, one last question is as we look forward, is there any new technologies or cultural trends or consumer trends that um, you, know, you think are going to have either a big impact on your business or just a big impact on, on retail in general as you kind of look down at the next, oh, three to five years? I don't know if anyone can see much farther out than that. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, certainly the the customizable aspect of our business is something that I'm seeing taking off across a, a variety of categories. You know, that people are wanting their goods, their merchandise, their fashion, um, individualized, customized, made their own in some unique way. And uh, the price and the technology, the technology is improving to the point that that can be done much more cost effectively than it could say 10 years ago or further past. Um, the demand is going to be there both in store as well as online for custom-made apparel and uh, accessories, of course. So, so that's the biggest trend that I see is expanding at all price points, not just at the, the luxury end, but at more commercial levels as well. Interesting. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that, that as um, that capability becomes more scalable, 
uh, we're, we're going to see that across a, a wide range of products, especially clothing, which is a highly personalized item, but I think uh, even a much wider set of, of goods are going to become personalized and tailored to specific uh, interests. And, and again, that online ability to see how big the market is and to get your price points in line is going to allow that new uh, type of business perspective. Absolutely. Well, great. Well, listen, it was very nice having you on the show today. Thank you very much for making the time. No, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's always fun to, to talk about the thing that I enjoy doing the most, which is uh, building this brand to where we are today. Great. All right. Thank you very much, Dean. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Rethink Retail. For all the latest news on commerce and trends, join the discussion, rethink.industries.com.